welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. On today's episode, guest host Chris Porter interviews Roger Whiten concerning bivocational ministry, personal evangelism, and Christian faithfulness. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right. So this is Chris Porter. I'm associate pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. I'm here with my good friend, and uh, I'd say someone I look up to highly and very thankful uh, God has brought in my life, uh, Roger Whiten. Uh, Roger is, uh, the best thing I know about Roger is his wife, Miss Debbie, for sure, by far the best thing I know about Roger. Amen. And uh, Roger's a member of our church and also a small group leader and just a great encourager and have so much fun with him in the faith and serving alongside of him. Um, so, Roger, um, wh- what else can we know about you just starting off? Or let, let me ask you a question to get ask started. Me. Where are you from originally? I was born and reared in Tacoa, Georgia. I uh, spent uh, about 40 years in Gwinnett County. And uh, for the last 15 years, I've lived in Banks County. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Roger, you um, coming from Decoa, I know you were in the medical field. That's right. Okay. So how long were you in the medical field, Roger? I was a uh, critical care RN for almost 40 years, just a few months short of 40 years. 40 years. And so the Lord also, I know, is used you heavily in ministry in many capacities. So how did that, how did that journey, how did you get into ministry? Well, <laughs> that's a long story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I was born again, 29 years old. And uh, I uh, began to um, uh, grow, be faithful uh, at a church, and uh, I wanted to uh, share the gospel with other people, and uh, it appeared that the Lord was just, uh, you know, orchestrating um, circumstances, situations, people in my life, and I, uh, I felt like the Lord was calling me to uh, into the gospel ministry, so uh, I... Um, I just stepped out and uh, got some education and uh, mm-hmm. went from there. Well, I know this isn't really on our topic today, but uh, I know a question I think gets asked a lot, maybe by people who don't ask it verbally but think it. How would somebody know, um, Roger, what kind of advice would you give to the young man or, or woman who maybe feel called into ministry and trying to discern that? Because um, I, I think we'd probably agree God doesn't, uh, speak from heaven. Uh, the canon's closed. He doesn't <laughs> drop notes <laughs> to right. us, telling us verbally or otherwise. Um, so how would you? How do we? Dis- how would someone discern that that call? And how did that work in your life? That that's a good question, and I'm not sure I'm the authority on that. Uh, yes. But um, I uh, I had a desire to mm-hmm. to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. I uh, had a desire to read and grow mm-hmm. and. Uh, people would uh, give me opportunities to, uh, to to share. As a matter of fact, the um, my pastor was an elderly man, and uh, he had a radio broadcast uh, every Saturday from the church, which you know went through uh, a feed at the um, radio station, mm-hmm. and uh, he would ask me to come and. 
he, he would say just share, you know, uh, a prayer request or, you know, share something that's on your heart and on your mind. I can look back now and see that it was part of his process mm -hmm. of discipling me. Oh, I see. But uh, th th then folks would ask me, are you a preacher? And I would say, well, I guess we're all ministers, aren't we? Amen. And they said, no, but you, uh, you, you, you do a good job of communication. And I began to uh, think and pray about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it j just appeared that the Lord was opening doors, and I felt like I should go through those open doors. Good deal. Well, uh, Roger, let's back up just a little bit. Let me probe your story, your testimony a little bit. It said you were saved at 29. 29 What kind of happened before that? What led to that? How did the church, the gospel, how did, you, how, how did that How did that? Happen? Well, when I was a uh, when I was a young boy, uh, I, uh, I I was churched. Uh, I went to um, uh, Sunday school, vacation Bible school. I uh, sat under uh, uh, preachers, and uh, I'd heard all the Bible stories. I knew the plan of salvation. I knew the uh, uh, the requirements uh, of giving your heart to the Lord. And uh, if you would have asked me in my teens if I was mm -hmm. a Christian, I would have said yes. Um, but deep down, I probably knew that I was not uh, uh, converted. And uh, then after high school, I went into the military, and I, I was uh, subjected to, uh, to things that I'd never, uh, I'd never been... Uh, subjected to and peoples that I had never uh, I'd never met and uh, I um, I kind of took on a worldly uh, lifestyle and attitude and that followed me after my military and so uh, I um, actually had no real direction for several years uh, other than like I say, just a uh, worldly lifestyle. Uh, a lot of what I call partying. And um, so uh, I went to school, got my RN degree. If you saw me, you would think I was the happiest guy in the world. And uh, even I thought that I was for several years. Uh, but um, I never forgot those days of, you know, uh, uh, Bible school, the, yeah, and uh, it, it, it would bother me. It would bother me. But I didn't, I didn't really want to give up the life that I was, I was living. But about, uh, about the age of 27, uh, my, my life went into free fall. Uh, I mean, it was a real, uh, it was a real dumpster fire, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, I had lived the lifestyle so much that I realized that, hey, I, I'd gotten addicted to, to, to some things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I uh, was sort of trying to juggle uh, everything, and life was becoming, uh, becoming very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know it then. I can look back now and know that 
God was working in my life to draw me to him. Uh, circumstances, uh, different people. And uh, one day I, uh, I met a servant of the Lord who took a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in me and he shared the gospel. And of course I told him, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And uh, every time we would uh, be together, he, the same thing, and I was beginning to feel real uncomfortable, real uncomfortable, not with him so much as, you know, I knew. Inside, inner. That I, uh, that, that I was lost. I, I'd okay. come to the uh, realization that I wasn't a Christian. So this, I, this, this man, he, um, he kept sharing the gospel with you over and over, even though yes. you professed to be oh, yes. a Christian. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of things he said really kind of pushed me. He, uh, he told me one day that he wished he was as confident in the fact that I was a Christian as I said that I was. Well, wow. uh, that, really, that really hurt me uh -huh. uh, because I knew that he probably discerned that I wasn't a Christian. Uh -huh. Then uh, one day I, I did confide to him that, uh, uh, Jerry, I, I, I've just done so much in my life that I'm not even sure that God, you know, would even even want me, that, that, that he would even forgive me now. And um, I remember he said to me, he always called me Doc. He said, Doc, he said, God loves you. He said, but I got to tell you that uh, you, you just have got to repent of sin. He said, sin, is, sin has taken you uh, to places you didn't want to really go, and it's kept you mm. longer than you wanted to stay, and it's really cost you more than you wanted to pay. Oh, that's good. And I, uh, I mean, I was just, I, I was just to the point where, I had to do something, and I um, the thought came into my uh, mind that I was 29 years old, and I had ruined my life. But I got on my knees, and I said to the Lord, the prayer was, Lord, you know what I believe. I believe those things I was taught in Sunday school. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe he died for my sins. Mm -hmm. I believe that he's alive today. I hope you still love me. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I said, I realized that I'm a sinner and I need a different direction and I don't know how to go in a different direction. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I just felt such a peace, such a peace uh, and that I really needed to get in touch with this gentleman. He, he was the pastor of a small church. Okay. And uh, I told him. And uh, so uh, after that, I affiliated with uh, uh, another church. Uh, not the one that he pastored, but another church and the older pastor who had the uh, radio broadcast. He, uh, he just took a, an interest in me. 
and uh, he, he would uh, do things that I look back now. I was his project. Awesome. Uh, he was discipling me, and uh, I, uh, I could feel myself growing, uh, and I, I was separating myself from the, uh, the life that I had been living, and I had a new life. That's awesome, Roger. Uh, so, uh, let me. When you were dealing, if you could remember, go back um, in the twenty-seven to twenty-nine those years of your life, and you were dealing with those inner conflicts of knowing what you'd been taught and sit through, and where you were in life, and, and pondering the gospel and those things. Um, what was it about your childhood that stood out most to you? Was it um, your home life, if you had Christian home, or was it? A VBA. What, what was it? Was it all of it, or was there certain things that you remember? What what really stuck? Well, stuck out? there were there was uh, some um, th- th- there there was some Christians who led my father to the Lord, and uh, I suppose that I was probably six or seven years old, and uh, we began to uh, be regular church attenders. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, um, I, as a matter of fact, uh, my uh, Sunday school teacher is still alive. She's 97 oh, years wow, old. Oh, wow, that's and awesome. When I visit her, we talk. But uh, I, I began to, um, you know, hear the Bible talk, the uh, Bible stories. Uh, and uh, I've always just had a, a love for the preached word, even as a small boy. I, I had a love for the preacher. I can still remember, you know, certain sermons and, awesome. and things. And so uh, I, I didn't forget those things. As a matter of fact, uh, sometimes I would be in places I shouldn't be, doing things I shouldn't be doing, uh, with people I shouldn't be with. And uh, I, I would uh, have that tug, mm. you know. So the, uh, that's fascinating to me, Roger, that you remember sermons, the preached word. Yes. Uh, I think, I guess I see just a, we are just so privileged here, I think, at our church, as many churches are around, but especially Maisel Baptist for the preaching from our pastor, Pastor Shane. I mean, that's, uh, we're privileged to be able to sit under that and hear that. And I, I think about, Roger, the the way the Bible was written, it was written to people mostly who couldn't read, right? And so right. Paul's writing letters, Moses writing also so all the prophets and apostles are writing down, and it was meant to be read aloud, these letters. this All this was meant, you know, and Ezra, he read it to the people. Uh, exactly. You know, so the Bible was meant to be read. You know, it was written to be heard uh, at read aloud. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so many, I see so many church trends that are other than preaching, Mm-hmm. then are, are putting emphasis on other things other than hearing the word. And so it just fascinated me what God has honored in your life, even when when your conversion was happening, was the preach word you heard 20, 20 years before. Right. And uh, I, I just I think sometimes personally, and, and I think in a church, American church culture, we de-emphasize the hearing of the word of God. And I can remember uh, then... And now, having uh, sat in churches, listening to um, to sermons that really were 
they they were really not God honoring, mm. uh, and uh, it seems the um, uh, I told our pastor that one thing I appreciated about his approach to uh, to sermon preparation was that he preaches the Bible expositorily, mm -hmm. verse by verse, and uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I think that's uh, what, what uh, churches need to get back to Amen. today. Amen, Roger. Um, so, Roger, um, I know skipping around your life here, but so you were, uh, after you were saved and you plugged into church, what kind of roles has the Lord used you in how, what, how, in your ministry journey? What, what different roles did the Lord call you to? Well, of course, when I, uh, when, when I decided that uh, I was going to... Uh, affiliate with the church and mm -hmm. I was going to uh, be as faithful as I could uh, I, I was encouraged to start to teach mm -hmm. uh, that scared me and uh, I never never taught uh, or anything and uh, I found that uh, I really enjoyed being a teacher and uh, of course uh, when I uh, after I was saved in the hospital I saw my role as a uh, as a health professional caregiver, but also as a ministry, mm -hmm. and uh, I uh, began to um, to try to develop ways of uh, opening up the uh, conversation uh, toward uh, spiritual things uh, while keeping them, you know, within the realm of healthcare. Uh, also, and uh, of course, the um, uh, the call to the ministry, and uh, only once in my uh, in pastorate have I been a uh, full-time pastor. Most of the time, it was by vocational. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, if you uh, if you really want to work in the ministry, there's plenty of. Uh, you know, work doing bivocational work, and I really like the term bivocational because there's no such thing as part-time ministry. If you, no, no, <laughs> there's no, no it's just no. two full-time jobs. Oh no, no, no! I'm talking. Yes, I'm talking about two full-time jobs <laughs> of trying to. There's a lot of difference between mm -hmm. pastoring and preaching. Amen. You are only going to preach you're doing the probably the easiest part right uh the the hard part is to get with people where they are at mm -hmm. and uh, to be with them and you know the, the their times of need and uh evangelizing and mm -hmm. trying to do the thing and to tell you the truth in small churches that can only employ bivocational pastors they expect the pastor to do almost everything. Almost everything. And, and I see that issue. And just once again, you see all these church trends today, and I think you brought up, Roger, what we try to embody here at Maysville, the two most important things, teaching the Word um, to people, our people and lost people and all people, and also caring for them and being there and, and meeting them and evangelizing and shepherding them. I just see so many church trends getting away from that. Right. I mean, you've got to do other things other than that. And so it's encouraging to, to hear you say that. So you, one, uh, one other thing I wanted yep. to uh, mm -hmm. mention along those lines of Absolutely. doors opening and positions. Um, when Debbie, my wife, and I, we 
had gone from the first church that we uh, were members to a different church. And uh, when I spoke with a pastor, he said, well, what, what interests you about our church? I said, you preach the word. That's, that's the first thing. But your, your work in missions really, uh, re really interests me. They had a very, very active mission program. And he immediately opened his desk drawer and said, we're going to Honduras in six months. Here's all the information. We want you to go with us. Oh, wow. And so we went. And uh, we have been involved with that particular mission all these years for 37, 38 years. Wow. And uh, we, um, we, we, we still, uh, as a matter of fact, that particular mission they uh, they have a Christian school. Well, they're they're too poor, the people to send their children to school. So they have a little program where you can adopt students. Oh wow! Debbie and I have done that all these years. That's uh, awesome. So uh, we presently have a little boy. Uh, That's awesome. And, uh, so. Uh, that what a great form of discipleship, even there, giving people oh, yes. the opportunity to do that oh, financially. Yes, yes. Uh, and you you fit on a lot of things, Roger, um, in your life that um, kind of people I think Christians miss, and that's what I want to go to next. Um, how can Christians um, start to think about how to share the gospel where they are? Like you, you were saying, you made a distinction. I think is rightly we are all called to be ministers. Peter says, First Peter, we are a nation of priests. Right. As Christians, we're a holy priesthood. Right. And so every member of the body of Christ is a minister. But yet there is also a distinction between that and those called to vocational ministry. Uh, so there's, there's a difference uh, in that. However, um, how can people see or, or start to think about um, how to be that minister where they are? What, what's some... Has you done that as a nurse? Uh, what is, is there any practical things that come to mind? Well, I think that it's, I think it's very beneficial to do a self-evaluation of your feelings toward other people. Oh. And uh, I want to share the gospel because I know where I was before uh, I was converted. I love that term, converted. Uh, and, and that's a great point because we have a conversion faith. Right. We, we have a faith, a gospel that converts people, right. changes people. And so I want, to, I want to really share with people. Mm -hmm. I've always considered myself to be a people person, uh, I, I talk to most people. I get along with most people, uh, and uh, it, it's. I want to see them have the salvation that I have, mm. and many times it's hard to overcome the fear. Right. Uh, a lot of folks are fearful. Right. Uh, they're they're fearful of rejection. Mm -hmm. uh, people people don't like rejection how do you how do you deal with that well a lot of times it's a slow process it, it's a process yeah if 
I'm telling somebody about the Lord Jesus and what he did for me, and I come to the place to introduce them and ask them if, if they say no, then I don't immediately just say, okay, you know. You don't dust your feet on, off at that point. No, yeah. on, not on to the next one. As a matter of fact, I have told people that I, have, that I haven't said it to the person, but I've thought, he's my project. He's my project, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love that guy. And, you know, even though he's not a Christian, I'm going to disciple this non-Christian. So uh, I, I love I love everything you just said, Roger. I just want to point a couple things out. Um, so I think we agree and confess that salvation, being born again, is a one, it happens in a moment, in the blink of an eye. Someone's right. born right. again. A baby is born at right. one point. However, the pregnancy time, is nine months for a human, right? And right. so for people in that process, it takes only God knows, right? How right. how long until the new birth is granted and regeneration is granted? But um, I, I think what you said there, um, discipling lost people, uh, we tend we tend to say evangelism and discipleship, right. but it, the Bible doesn't seem to make those divisions. It right. seems to be discipleship. Is right. evangelism? This the it's the same thing, um, and so discipling lost people. I think Rogers, where we've got to kind of put our hats, and I agree with you wholeheartedly because we um, people walk in the doors of the church or people we know. Uh, we we're not as Bible Belt as we think we are right here in Maysville, Georgia. Right. People may have heard of Jesus, but they've never probably heard of the gospel. Right. They've may heard of Noah, but have no. I mean, just have no biblical lens to look through where maybe 50 years ago they did um and but today the average person doesn't in our neighborhood and the people we work with so having to disciple these lost people when debbie and i um, joined the church that we, we became involved in the mission program with uh at this church there was a program for uh new christians and new church members and uh, it was a requirement. You, you weren't really a on the roll until you had gone through this process. And uh, I, I just felt like it was an honor for them to ask me to teach oh, this. Oh, wow. And we did this on Sunday afternoon, about a couple of hours before the uh, Sunday evening service. Yeah. This is back when you had uh, Sunday evening services. Training union. Training union. <laughs> I remember uh, training people union. didn't like that term, training union, so we ch- changed it to uh, uh, discipleship. Okay. Or, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll never forget that uh, we, uh, we 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 had a uh, format of different things that we went through. And it wasn't like we were force feeding it to the uh, to to the people, but we were, you know, showing them things, uh, uh, parts of the Christian life that they needed to be aware of. Right. They needed to incorporate uh, in their, their faith. They needed to help be helped in and and growing. Yeah. And yeah. that and and growing to uh, the knowledge of right. the gospel. If I, not, I'm afraid that a lot of people come into the church. And they're they're not brought into uh, the the mainstream, right. uh, and they somehow feel like they just uh, don't belong. And they fall, they fall by the away. wayside. They fall away. Right. 
Right. And God help us that doesn't happen. Yes. Our hearts for that not to happen. Right. Um, very good. So, and you're talking about this kind of being a process and, and, and seeing people in our lives. And I can think of a couple of my life I want to see come to the Lord and praying for them and asking God for opportunities. Um, I know um, you you were sharing with me recently about a, a gentleman in your life that where you got to kind of see some fruit. Do you mind sharing sharing that, Roger? The elderly gentleman? Yes, yes. You sure. Mind, you not, sharing, no, sharing, not kind at of sharing. all. I think that's a beautiful illustration about what we're talking about. Debbie and I have... Um, some friends that we've known since uh, the time we were married, 1981. Uh, they're older than we are. Uh, uh, Mr. Whitfield is 92, and his wife is just about to turn 90 in March. And um, we uh, we don't see them that often any longer, maybe once a year. But uh, a few weeks back, uh, uh, got a phone call, and uh, Mrs. Whitfield uh, we talked for a minute, and she said, uh, I need to ask a favor of you. And I said, okay. And she said, uh, Whit uh, is not doing well, and he's not going to be here much longer. He wanted me to call you. He just doesn't feel like he's saved. He doesn't feel like he has salvation. I said, let me put my shoes on. I'll be there as soon as it takes me to drive. So I went down, and uh, we, uh, we talked. And uh, so, well, what's going on, uh, Whit? And he said, Roger, I, I don't know. He said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be here much longer, but I, I don't think I'm saved. I, I just don't don't think I'm saved. And I said, Whit, you, you've always been such a, su- such a good man and a, a, a good father and church, you know. Go, why, why do you feel like that? And he said, I, I just have this feeling. He said, we can't go to church any longer. I listen to the uh, services uh, on TV, but I, I just don't feel like if I died that I had it. And I said, well, mm. let's go over some things and let's just So see. you've been in a relationship with this man for 40 years. Yes. 40 yes, years. 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, we, we've, we've ridden motorcycles together. We've gone, you know, to their place in the mountains together. Awesome. And I mean, we, we've just spent a lot of time with these people. He's, mm. you know, he he's the quintessential... He's a good man, good man. Um, but uh, I think he came to the uh, to the point of knowing that soon I'm going to depart this life, and I want to uh, I want to know. And so I went over the uh, I said let's go over some things. Uh, uh, do you believe Jesus is the child of God? Yes, I believe that. I said, do you believe he was a born of a virgin, uh, that, 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 that he came from God the Father? And he said, yeah, I believe that. And I said, well, why do you believe that? He said, well, that's what the Bible has taught, and that's what I've just believed all my life. And I said, well, do you believe that uh, he, he lived a sinless life? He died on the cross. He uh, shed his blood and paid the debt that God required of uh, shedding of blood for the remission of sins? He said, yes, I believe that. I said, do you believe he's alive today? He said, I do. And I said, well, then I think you're only one step away from salvation if you haven't done this one thing. And he sort of perked up, uh, raised his head, and he said, what's that? And I said, Wit, have you ever just intimately said to the Lord in prayer, Lord, 
I'm a sinner. I need those sins. Uh, I, I need those sins taken away. And I believe you did that when you died on the cross. And he said, I, I believe that. I said, then you pray. And you uh, tell the Lord that. He, he prayed a beautiful prayer. And uh, we, uh, we hugged. And before I left, he said, I feel better than I've felt in years. <laughs> That's awesome, Roger. What a beautiful story of God's grace uh, using you and your relationship with him. And, and that oh, took a long a, time to get to that yeah, point. It was just an honor for me. It was an honor for me yeah. to... Oh, what a what a glorious gospel that saves people in ninety and at nine and at whenever the Lord saves and uh, I don't know, it's just beautiful to well, think about that piece. You know, the Bible teaches us in Romans that uh, we don't seek after God. Well, we can't seek God. Right. God has to seek us, <laughs> and God is fully aware of where we are in our our life. Right. Uh, we, we may believe everything in this world. We may be the best people in the world. Mm -hmm. But if we don't come to the part where we're sinners and that we're willing to repent, right? none of that knowledge. Uh, and and that's such a big thing about salvation. People, I think, uh, Roger, what... what your friend Wit realized what people have to get to is the salvation we need is outside of ourself. Yes. It's a foreign righteousness. Right. Uh, it's it's uh, alien to us what we need. And, and I think that's just a good distinction for everybody to know as far as the difference where we stand in soteriology of theology, salvation, compared to a Roman Catholic would stand that um, their righteousness that they would say that when God justifies them, He sees that righteousness in them. Right. Um, and where we say that might happen in the Christian life, they may become righteous people, but we're not. We don't stand before God because of our righteousness. It's it's foreign to us. It's because He put it on our account. The righteousness of Jesus. You know that um, He was our propitiation, and that's right. maybe people in uh, out, out hearing the. Uh, a podcast don't know the word propitiation, but it's he, a good Bible word though. He right. satisfied God's demand right. for uh, salvation, and that was the shedding of blood. Amen. Uh, you know, you you're gonna sin. You got to pay for it by shedding right. blood. Right. And today, right, Roger, we still have those two options. We can shed. We could. We can pay the price for our sins, or by faith believe that well, he did for us. Well, we could have up until a point of uh, uh, committing sin. Right. Uh, it only takes one. That's right. It only takes one. And uh, I'm not sure what age I committed my first sin, but I'm sure I probably wasn't walking yet. <laughs> We've all committed more than our share, right? And, and it just goes to the point, right, that we do need that righteousness. It, we have to seek it somewhere. We have to find it. It has to come to us somewhere. We can't do it on our own. And then we have to be willing to repent, mm -hmm. to repent yeah. and uh, yeah. agree that, hey, yeah. we deserved, we deserved right. the penalty of death, but we don't have to. Because of God's grace. Right. So, Roger, just the last few minutes, we've just kind of been enjoying the gospel. Um, what what kind of practical advice would you give to the average church member, average Christian, who doesn't share their faith, doesn't intend on sharing their faith, doesn't look to share their faith? But what what would you what would you what kind of practical advice would you would you give that nominal Christian out there in the pew? Well, you you said that. Nominal 
church member, um, there are there there are people out there who would love to help you to learn to show your your faith. There, uh, way back, I uh, after I was first saved, I. Uh, uh, took something called CWT, Continuum Witnessing. Uh, then I've gone through programs called GROW, God Rewards Our Work, uh, mm-hmm. Faith that mm-hmm. uh, we have here at uh, Maysville Baptist Church. And uh, there, there are people that want to help you uh, and give you uh, ways to, uh, to introduce people to, to your faith. Uh, I do believe that you have to have a um, you 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 have to have to have a willingness mm-hmm. to even though there's a little fear factor there to speak out. You know, it's amazing when you do speak up that somehow God just gives you a confidence. Uh, he, he gives you a confidence. And uh, so uh, I think you have to have a, a daily walk with the Lord. You need to be in his word. You need to uh, have a real strong prayer life. And uh, it really helps to love people. Uh, love is, is something you, you, you develop. Uh, it, it's not easy to love everybody. Uh, we, we can't love with the same love that God loves us, right? But we're to uh, we're to strive to love people in spite of. Amen. Amen. And love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First Bible verses my son memorized just here recently. Love is patient. Amen. Love is kind. <laughs> so, you know, very good, uh, Roger. Thank you for your time, brother. And I know this will be of great thank, help to people you, who listen. Love. Thanks again so much for listening to our podcast today. The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information on how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have questions about today's episode or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day.